Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of The Cult of Pop, where we introduce a new show called Filmtology, starring myself, Brian Stevens, and some random guy in the back. All right, it's Travis Nicolet. Travis, how excited are you for this new show? I am very freaking excited. Uh, so I kind of sprung this on Travis last minute. Not last minute, but I mean, we've been talking about it for a little while, but I... And then when he was done with that, we talked about Filmtology. Filmtology. Uh, what, what is our tagline in Filmtology? Oh, where film and bullshit intersect. <laughs> so the idea behind this Filmtology show... We are going to go back in time to our childhood, primarily 80s, 90s, and we're not going to review films. We're going to discuss films. We're going to talk about their history. We're going to talk about the culture of the time. That's right. And we're going to talk about maybe some things we would have changed in in a certain movie. How dare you? We're going to give trivia. We're going to give facts. We're going to talk about... Uh, alternate versions of these movies and we're going to also uh, kind of do some fantasy casting and if we made the film today I love this idea Travis I'm super excited about it Um, let's jump right in let's do this so on this episode of Filmtology we're going to talk about drumroll Calabunga dudes Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 1990 uh so let's talk a little bit. Why do we pick? Why do we pick this movie this time? So we were gonna go with a different movie, but we've chose this movie because if we screw up, it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It'll be okay. This is our first. This is our first uh, venture into this new project, and so we didn't want to um, spoil a good subject with a bad show. And I think that you know we're gonna. F- find out that this is uh, a learning there was a learning curve to this that's right and uh hopefully in the future uh, i'll be better prepared and i'll actually have an outline um made before we try to record the show so uh we're we're gonna go through a list of things that we have on our page in front of us and we're gonna talk about the Mutant Ninja turtles so sit back relax have a great time and just think about all the turtle power. Yeah, and let me say this too: if you if there's a movie from the '80s, '90s, and maybe maybe 2000s, maybe the '70s too, we might go beyond that. But right now, '80s and '90s that you want to hear us talk about on Filmtology, you want us to sacrifice and uh, to the and to the to the cult gods. <laughs> Uh, let us know. Send us an email at cult of pop with a K, cult of pop with a K at gmail.com and we will uh, we will dissect and destroy and rip apart a movie for you. All right. uh, Personal background with this movie. Travis, did you see this movie in the theater? I don't remember. I probably, I must have. This is probably my favorite movie as a child growing up. How old were you when it came out? So it came out in 1990. Uh, Five. Five. Okay. Five years old. You were just a young little whippersnapper. That's right. I I was a, I was a little, little turtle. I believe I was eight years old when this movie came out, uh, and I did see it in a the theater. I distinctly remember waiting in a really long, not really long line. So it came out April first, nineteen ninety, and 
I yeah, I remember standing in line and uh it was the line went out the door and my aunt took us took me to see it, me and my cousin, and I was obsessed. I was obsessed with this movie. What uh what what turtle did you want to be? My favorite turtle was the blue one. Mine too. Leonardo, Leonardo all the way. Yes. The one with the swords would never stab anybody. Never. I don't, I don't yeah. Know how that works? It was very rough, right? Um, and we'll get into this movie a little bit, a little bit deeper. But you know, uh, this is a this was a dark version of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Were you a fan of the comic? Oh, not at all. I don't think I've ever even seen the comic. Yeah, me either. Um, but you're a fan of the you're a fan of the cartoon, yes. correct? Yeah, of course. The comic is a little more graphic, though. It's not, is it's it? Not, yeah. I don't know anything about that. Uh, I don't. Like I said I don't even know if I've seen the comic, but they're all the same turtle. They all have red. Oh, that's right. They all have red. Yeah. Right. And it's loosely based off Daredevil. Oh, nice. Instead of the hand, it's yeah. the foot. Oh. Yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, Travis, give us a breakdown. So, okay. The title obviously is Teen Mutant Ninja Turtles, but give us the other specs on this movie. Through contact with the mysterious substance called ooze, four little turtles in the colonization of New York mutate into giant ninja turtles. They speak, walk upright, and love pizza. With the wise rat, Splinter becomes their mentor and educates them to become great ninja warriors. These are the Ninja Turtles. All right, Travis, how much did this movie cost? Okay, on here it says the budget is $13.5 million. That seems a little bit low to me. Uh, it's all animatronics and like puppet work. So that stuff gets expensive. I guess you're saving on actors though. Um, yeah, because, well, I don't know, are you? Because you had to hire stunt actors and then you had to have voice actors, which we'll get into that in just a second. I think, I mean, you got to remember this was 1990, so mm-hmm. $13 million was a lot in 1990. Um, I, I, I believe it. I mean, this... It opened at twenty five million, and then grossed in the U.S. one hundred and thirty five million, and then worldwide two hundred and one million. So this movie was a resounding success uh, because people like you and me were going to the theater as little kids. This movie was rated. Was it rated PG? Where's the rating on this? Yeah, PG. This movie was rated PG. There's no way that this movie today would be rated PG. By the way, no way. Well, the, uh, the Muppets and stuff were created by the Jim Henson group, so I'm sure they wanted to keep the violence down, but I don't think they knew what they were getting into. Yeah, I mean, the violence isn't super crazy, but there are a couple, I mean... Um, it's more like dancing if you look at it. Yeah, yeah. Not, not anybody really gets hurt. Even the bad guys pretty much don't get hurt. No, but, you know, when there's a moment when... Um, uh, is it Leonardo? Who who gets uh, now? My mind. We probably should watch this movie. This is part of the problem. Who? Some one of them gets beat to the, within an inch of their life, and they they have to retreat back to the house. And they're in the tub. It's Raphael, right? Like I'm he, sure it is. He gets like jumped because he thinks he's he's the man. He goes out on his own. That's oh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Raphael's the hothead, and he gets he gets blasted. Um. So let's go through the cast real quick. April O'Neil is played by Judith Hogue. Uh, Casey Jones is by Lee Elias Cotis. Uh, Raphael was voiced by Josh Pice. 
Leonardo DiCaprio was voice Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo was voiced by Brian Tochi. Leonardo DiCaprio in this movie that would be a different uh, different movie. Hilarious. Corey Feldman uh, voiced Donatello, and Robbie Rist voiced Michelangelo, and then of course uh, there were stuntmen who actually got inside the costume and played them. James Saito uh, played Shredder, and Kevin Clash was the voice of Splinter. Um. David McLaren was Shredder, Shredder's voice, um, which I I don't. That's weird that there was a different voice actor for. I mean, sure, whatever. Um, so, I mean, the cast is pretty much a bunch of nobodies, with the exception of Judith Hogg and uh, Corey Feldman. Yeah, the the voice of Corey Feldman. I didn't even realize that. Oh, you didn't? Yeah, that was like the only voice I guess that was probably recognizable. Um, so Judith Hogg is an actress. She's been around for a long time. She was in Armageddon. Uh, she was in Hitchcock probably most recently. Uh, she's in the TV series The Magicians, which is a pretty big show. Um, she's done a lot of bit stuff here and there. But at the time, uh, this was like kind of going to be her, her big break. She was on the, the um, soap opera Loving, and then she got this, and it parlayed her into nothing. She did still got stuck in TV. Well, she's actually in the 2016 version of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, which we could talk about that a little bit later too. Which, but you know, at the time, I I don't know. I I she seemed like a perfect April, right? In this movie, yeah. I mean, don't you think she did a perfect job? I don't. Yeah, as a kid, I don't think I really cared. No, no, no. Um, and then of course, you know, what do you think of Elias Cotes? I think he made a. A great Casey Jones. He was a great Casey Jones. He's done a lot of a bit acting too, um, but man, he fit like in my head when I pictured Casey Jones. I think they cast that like freaking yeah. perfectly. Yeah, I mean he he plays like a badass in everything that he does, and that's the Casey Jones character. And he had that like accent, you know, that New York yeah. accent, which which played well into the character. Uh, so the director Steve Barron, um had done a bunch of like videos like like music videos and then he did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and uh he did Coneheads after that did a little bit of TV and um hasn't done a whole lot since then 2000s was a bunch of of uh uh music videos with a couple movies scattered in there that no one's ever heard of the choking man he did treasure island tv movie uh released supervised last year which that uh movie starred uh a bunch of people i've never heard of uh hiring about is it a foreign film tom berenger's in it i don't know four aging superheroes in retirement home in ireland come together for one last hurrah uh Got a 4.6 here on IMDb and a 47 Metascore, so probably not a good movie. So, see, Baron really didn't do much after that. And the writers of the movie, Todd Langan and Bobby Herbeck, never wrote really anything after this movie. So, for being such a huge success, this did not launch anybody's career at all. No, no. Um, Not the writers, not the directors, not the actors. Um very rarely do you see a movie have this much box office success and not a single person. Yeah, it made a hell of a lot of money. Um, I mean, it did lead to Go Ninja, the music. Yeah, right? Know. Yeah. So I guess his music 
music video career kind of took off for Vanilla Ice. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so let's uh, let's move on to some basic trivia here. Okay, uh, I think you're gonna find this interesting. So it's the highest grossing independent film of all time, having made 135 million in domestic box office and 66 million in foreign box office. Damn. So and it's an and I didn't realize it was an independent film until we started doing this. So basically uh no studio had the rights to it and no studio wanted to take a chance on this. Which is sounds super crazy since how successful of a cartoon it is and the cult following of children. And everyone knows family movies make a crap ton of money. Right. Yeah. Kids can't go by themselves. You need at least mm-hmm. one parent. Right, exactly. And to to just like uh jump on what you're saying like the sequel did all right and but none of the people so judith hogg was not asked to reprise her role in the film sequel because she complained apparently the whole time it was a six-day schedule and she didn't like the amount of violence in a pg movie i did i did notice that she was different when i watched one to two yeah but as a kid i didn't care you didn't care you didn't really i knew yeah i knew it was a different person but the the turtles were the same. That's all that mattered. Casey Jones didn't come back, and that kind of made me mad as a kid because he's yeah. one of my favorite characters. Right. But we got the cool ninja, uh, pizza delivery guy. So oh yeah. yeah, give and take, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Robin Williams is a big fan of the franchise and provided Judith Hogg with information regarding her character through the comic book collection that he had. The two were co-starring in the movie Cadillac Man when the Turtles film went into production. So he was like super excited for her to get this chance. And apparently it wasn't that big of a deal because she complained the whole time. I mean, six day shoot is grueling. I get it, but it's an independent film. And I would imagine that she made some pretty decent money off of this. Oh yeah. Um, originally the director, Steve Barron wished to replicate April O'Neil's jumpsuit look from the early Mirage comics in 1987. The look was going to closer resemble the cartoon with a yellow color jumpsuit and a Mm -hmm. big head of red hair as opposed to a green jump shoot with brown hair. However, Hogg found the jumpsuit horrifying, and the idea was nixed. The yellow raincoat April wears in the beginning of the movie is a homage to the yellow jumpsuit. Um, which I think that's just like kind of weird, because it's kind of iconic, the red yeah. hair with the yellow jumpsuit, you know? Yeah, if you're going to cosplay as that character, that's what you wear. Right, yeah, that's exactly. How I know, that's how I know she's the news reporter, right. not some random other person. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, the film was set in New York City, obviously, but it was actually filmed in North Carolina with only a couple location shoots done in New York City to capture famous landmarks. Yeah, I'm sure it's super expensive to, you know, close down New York City for a film shoot. Right, yeah. Uh, th- yeah, so they that may, you know what, going back to the how much this movie cost, it makes sense that it costs so little because it was an independent film. And to go back, think about how good the, the costumes were for being... 13 like oh when i when i looked at this movie compared to the 2016 version which is all cgi i i wanted the costumes back yeah right right i mean you know you know there are people in costumes but they just looked better than than cgi for sure. For 100%. So it, this says to help disguise how cumbersome the costumes were, dialogue scenes were shot at 23 frames per second so that they, when they were played at a normal speed, 24 uh, frames per second, they appeared a bit sharper. And for the same reason, fight scenes were shot uh, at 22 frames per second, which makes sense because, like, yeah. 
and I never, you, you don't really, t- you can't really tell that this, that's, you know, that beat, uh, yeah, the speed changes. Yeah. The speed changes. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't notice. Uh, Jim Henson, whose workshop provided the movie's costumes, was reportedly upset about the level of violence in the finished movie. While he was proud to have helped advance the art of animations, he viewed the violence as excessive, pointless, and not his style. Sounds like a guy who did absolutely zero research on the project and got a big paycheck. Yeah, right? I mean... I mean, they are are called the Ninja Turtles. (laughs) Right, yes. Just, just, just there. there's gonna be some fighting. There's gonna be a little bit. Have, of fighting. You, have you never read the comic? Did you not see the cartoon? I mean, come on. Well, the comic's much, much uh, more violent than the cartoon. Well, yeah, right. Yeah. So then he should have known better, right? Yeah, if he knew the source material. Gosh, come on, dude. Um, I don't know how to say this guy's name, but jo- Josh Pace Pace uh, as Raphael is the only actor who physically portrayed and voiced the same turtle. All other turtles were portrayed by both body and voice actors differently. So that's pretty interesting. I'm surprised uh, anybody did both. Honestly, it, it'd just be easier to shoot with stuntmen right. the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And then have your voice actors just come in and fill in the gaps later. Editor Sally Mink, who is primarily known for coll- co- collaborating with Quentin Tarantino, made her feature film debut working on this film. Ooh. So Quentin Tarantino's editor... Uh, this was how, how she got her start. It's pretty cool. Well, it worked out for somebody. Yeah, exactly. Uh, major studios. Such I see a... the connection with Kill Bill now that you mentioned it. <laughs> hey, yeah, There's right? Of... The yellow jumpsuit? The yellow jumpsuit. There you go. The ninja powers. Love it. The Fox 4 or 5, the four ninja turtles. I'm seeing uh, it. I'm seeing it. Dude, I... Quentin's not fooling anybody. That's right. Uh, major studios such as Walt Disney, Columbia Pictures, Orion, MGM... Uh, Viacom, Warner Brothers turned down the film for distribution as they were worried that despite the popularity of the cartoon and toy line, the film could be a potential box office disappointment, disappointment like Masters of the Universe, which could possibly be another movie that we do this on. Um, the film finally found distribution roughly halfway through initial production via the small independent production company New Line Cinema, which at that point had been known for only distributing low budget b movies and art house fair uh i'd say this probably made new line cinema what it was yeah put the it on the map yeah i mean it, obviously it was eventually bought but uh it was a big player in the mid 90s um and this gave him a lot of cash uh toward the end of the movie one of the street punks tells the police chief to check out the east warehouse over on lardman island the creators of ninja turtles were kevin eastman and peter laird however the original script stated that the warehouse was on the corner of lardman and east also, I play on the creators' names. Um, I'm just scrolling through. There's a lot of stuff in here. Uh, Corey Feldman said he was offered only $1,500 to do voice work for the film. He accepted, believing the producers who told him that was a small, low-budget film, hoping that he would have moderate success on VHS if they were lucky. And obviously, the movie ended up making millions of dollars. Uh, Michelangelo doesn't speak the entire time they're at the farmhouse. Um, there's also a numerous, there's also numerous deleted scenes, mostly at the farm that give the four turtles much more character development and expanding on April and Casey's romance and would later put scenes into a different context. Um, do you want to go through this or do you know where I'm at? Do you see this? He's like, nope. Um, 
Well, we can go through it. So April and Casey's reaction to Mikey's turtle wax joke was originally one of relief after he goes through a severe depression where he destroys a punching bag and part of the barn wall. An extended training sequence where Leo proves a point by turning his mask around and fighting blind, followed by other turtles taking turns doing the same. The scene rather famously has Donatello sporting a straw hat. Various scenes of turtles training on their own and in pairs trying to master the technique Leo shows them earlier. Some of April and Casey's scenes involve him trying to help her with a stuck truck door while she declines and exits the driver's side. Uh, another leads to a scene of the two of them talking on the porch swing and the night before she shows him her drawings of the turtle but tries to hide them uh, one she did of him in a beanie. They both try to laugh over it. Uh, a game of ninja hot potato where the turtles toss around an apple and a holder has to defend against the other three while taking a bite out of it. It makes the later scene where, where Ralph or Raph, sorry, Raph finishes the apple after defeating a squad, a callback. Um, yeah, never would have caught that. Yep. One. Never. Um, let's see anything. Oh, uh, here's a good one. Uh, in the film, April is a reporter for channel three in the Ninja Turtles cartoon. She is a reporter for channel six. Ooh. Um Yeah, so that's a whew, there's a lot of things that we didn't know. Well, I like the the Pizza Hut. So, Pizza Hut gave them 20 million dollars for a marketing campaign so that it would actually be tied into the film. So when they're buying pizza, it's Pizza Hut. Makes sense. But all the commercials for it are Domino's commercials. So Domino's got the commercial rights. Oh. So during that whole time Promoting the, the movie uh, and during the commercials, it's Domino's Pizza. So as a kid, you're torn between these two pizzas, I, I guess. I don't know. I like pizza more. Yeah, same. Uh, wow, that's good. Did not... That's that's tricky. Yeah, imagine being Pizza Hut and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> we, we forgot. We forgot about that oh, part. Oh, man. Um, the depiction of chain sticks on screen was rarely allowed in the UK, so the movie was heavily cut and reframed. Oh, so that means Michelangelo can't have nunchucks. Yeah. I never heard of them referred to as chain sticks. <laughs> Neither have I. That's what it says here. Chain sticks. Um, let's see here. What? All right. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about um, the connections to other movies. So when we so we've we've talked. You talked a, a little bit about. Um, uh, sorry. Let me find my space here. Again, this is a uh, work in progress, people. Um, so it was followed by Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret mm-hmm. of the Ooze. Then they did a 3. Yeah. And then they did a TV miniseries called Legend of the Super Mutants. And then, of course, we had multiple video games, the TMT version in 2007, and then Turtles Forever, which was a TV movie. Of course, we know the TV series. Yeah. Um, and... It was edited into a TV episode called Five Second Movies with Ninja Turtles in 2008. Uh, there's a spinoff called Turtle Power Partners in Crime. And Casey Jones Overtime. The movie has many references. that uh, references Taxi, You Dirty Rat, uh, Frankenstein, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Grapes of Wrath, The Lone Ranger... Uh, lots of call outs to uh, different movies Michelangelo mimics Rocky Casey refers to the farm as the farm uh, that time forgot 
Um, Moonlighting, which is a TV series, he compared Donatello compares April and Casey's argument to the show. Uh, the movie Critters, Raphael watches the film in, in a movie theater. Um, and then Saved by the Bell, the Elvis Presley statue in April's apartment is the same one from Screech's parents' house. Ooh. So we got some connections there. So uh, they all shared the same universe? Apparently. L.A. Story. It's referenced in the, t- the movie, the L.A. Story. Uh, it's the So it's been – this movie was referenced in a ton of TV shows – uh, cool Head, which I've never heard of. Full House in the episode Rock the Cradle. Michelle guesses the film during a game of trades. The TV show Dinosaurs. Remember Dinosaurs? Yeah. The episode The Howling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robbie has a Teenage Mutant Ninja Caveman poster, which is pretty cool. Uh, Strictly Business. Uh, a variation of the title is mentioned. The, your favorite, Three Ninjas, mentions Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, the TV or the movie Clerks uh, shows a video case uh, in the store. Um, oh, this is a good one. Uh, Mortal Kombat Deception Sub Zero's mask is identical to Shredder's in the video game. Pretty cool. I like it. Uh, so th- there's there's more connections, um, but. Robin Hood Men in Tights, one of the Merry Men impersonates a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle after knocking off an enemy. That's cool. It's also uh, spoofed in Dogma. Uh, so, obviously, it seems that Kevin Smith is a fan of this movie. Right? Oh, I'm sure he is. Um, crazy credit. The film title appears from behind the corner of the sewer just before the turtles come around it and are fully seen for the first time. That's the only credit. crazy credits listed on IMDb. All right. Uh, you have any favorite quotes? Uh, let's see. Calabunga. Of course. I love being a turtle. Of course, yes. The famous one. Um, I said another funny. <laughs> <laughs> I said another funny. God, I love being a turtle. Um, let's see. That's self love, it's, baby. It's, it's all, all self love. It's all Michelangelo. He has like the he has like the most. Well, he's the upbeat, fun one. Yeah. Uh, when they're slicing up the pizza, Michelangelo, the Turbo Ginsu, Wahoo, it dices, it slices, and it makes french fries and three different. And then, of course, he slices, uh, a slice lands on Splinter's head. Yeah. Um, Dudettes, Major Butt Kicking is back in town. Again, Michelangelo. These are all Michelangelo quotes. Um, this isn't a very quotable movie, to be honest with you. Um, because all the quotes come from the cartoons too. Yeah. You know? Um, and again, it's all, it's all Michelangelo, um, turtle power heroes in a half shell. All that stuff is from the cartoon. Um, any other quotes that you want to call out on here? I'm just scrolling down. I mean, that's all I got. Only the ones that I remember from the cartoons really. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's, uh, I was trying to think. Uh, <laughs> so Michelangelo, when he's ordering a pizza, oh, I want no anchovies, and I mean no anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing, and you're in big trouble. Okay, <laughs> I always remember that too because I was like, do people really put anchovies on pizza? Yeah, like, when I was growing up, I never really thought that was a thing. But like, they always mentioned anchovies. Like he hated anchovies. 
Can you order a pizza with anchovies? Is that still a thing? Is that like I don't know. Um, I would you want to? Oh hell no! No <laughs> no exactly no. no. All right, Travis, let's talk about some goofs. Okay. This, these are like some I love these. Um, in April's apartment, after Turtles watch April's interview on TV, which she thanks Raphael for saving her, Donatello says that Raphael is turning red from embarrassment, but Raphael actually responds in Leonardo's voice, not his own. So <laughs> I'd never caught that before. Several times throughout the film, Donatello uses Raphael's voice instead of using his own, like when he is punched or kicked by a Foot Clan member. That sounds more or less not necessarily a goof, but maybe that voice actor was sick that day. Yeah, right? It does. Uh, in the beginning, when the turtles are shouting various phrases after the first battle, Donatello yells off screen, Bossa Nova, but on screen, Leonardo's lips move. So it sounds like a lot of that yeah. or, or, is the goof stuff. Um, yeah, the exact same sound effect. Uh, the exact same sound effect a metallic rub is used when shredders turns towards Danny after his speech. And when he lifts when he lifts his spike to splinter's neck to threaten him yet, they are two completely different actions. Eh, that's not that big of a deal. That's all right. Yeah. Um, when it Ralph and Leonardo, when I keep saying Ralph, when Ralph and Leonardo are arguing in April's apartment, there is a crew member with an orange baseball hat trying to hide under a table. I'm going to go back and look at that. Uh, after Raphael wakes up in a bathtub, Donatello laughs at a joke. And as he does so, his head tilts back and his mouth opens, revealing the actor underneath the costume. Yeah. You remember that one? Yeah, you can see stills of it. It's kind of creepy. Is it really? Oh, yeah. At the end of the movie, when Shredder is running towards Splinter with a staff, part of the soundstage is visible in a full screen. Uh... When Raphael is fighting in the foot soldiers on top of April's apartment, you can clearly see in some frames the stage he is fighting on. Um, oh, here's here's another one. This is uh, when Splinter throws Shredder over the edge of the building near the movie's end. His puppeteer is visible in full screen. That is that's pretty bad. Bad, yeah. Oof. Um. But as a kid, I don't, I didn't notice any of this. I was too like caught You're in the amazing. Too wrapped up in it, yeah. I was right. too wrapped up in the moment. Yeah, exactly. I was wrapped up in the astonishment. All right, so is there a better way this movie could have ended? Uh, I don't, I don't really think so. It's you had to leave it open for the second one. So obviously the the villain didn't die. Right. But also you can't can't kill anybody it's a kids show everyone lives yeah and it's also one of those things like i don't know what like the ultimate goal and i think in the cartoon was to get splinter back to human form right and it's like i don't know like there's so much going on in uh in the in the cartoon that doesn't come to play in here yeah in the cartoon splinter was a human that was turned into a rat. Right, yes, exactly. Whereas in here, it was a rat that learned how to fight watching his, his master. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, what's better? I like I like the comic book version myself. 
But it really doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's still a, a giant rat teaching everyone how to fight. Fight, yeah. I think that I like the comic version better, too. Yeah. And I think that would have been a neat way to end the movie is if you actually turned him into a human. Mm-hmm. But like you said, I don't know. You got to have a sequel and the rat just, I don't know. It, it never happens in the car- cartoon, so, you know. Well, I mean, when Shrek turns human, do we remember that? Do we want Shrek to be human? Right, yeah. Good point. You know, even even if he wants it, he doesn't get it. So what what then would we have changed from this movie, do you think? What would you have changed? Anything? Oh, I would have gave him the biggest budget possible. Love, so I more money. This, more money. I love this movie. More action scenes would be great. Uh, the dialogue isn't horrible because it's for kids. I never really was like, man, this writing is really good. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't bother yeah, me. Yeah, it's not real quotable. Yeah. Um, I think one thing I, I, I would have liked to have maybe seen more of is them actually like using their weapons. Yeah. Like it's, it's really hard. Cause like you said, it's PG 13 and they got swords and size and you know, well, so you, you can't, you can't show blood. Right. So that means the swords out of the question. Right. So whatever Donatello does, he has to do with either the blunt side of the sword right. or, or not use the swords at all and just kick. Well, I guess then the idea then would be instead of having more foot soldiers, you have them be robots or something. Yeah, that's true. That's how you that's how you circumvent. And that obviously, part. it's hard to do with such a small budget. Yeah. And you kind of saw that in like the the cartoon version that was made in the two uh, thousands. But you see that with even movies today, like in Suicide Squad. Yeah. They can't kill a bunch of people, yeah. so we have these faceless mutants with yeah. Yeah, whatever. So we can kill those things, right? And I think that's what you end up doing here. If yeah. if, if um, you re, if you change anything, that's it. Yeah. I wish there was more like uh, grandiosity to it, like in the comic book or in the cartoon. Just bigger stuff happened. Yeah. Right. You know, it's more in your face. Whereas you know, with budget constraints and you know just the limitations of the technology at the time. Yeah, this movie feels really small in comparison to even the cartoon. But no Michael Bay stuff. I don't want to go that far. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Um, yeah. No, like, just, like, they're, they don't have to save the world, but maybe save New York. Maybe yeah. save, like, yeah. a portion of New York. Maybe, you know, the Bronx or, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm with you. It could have been a, a bigger story. But, again, you know, it's just more money. Like you said, yeah. if you had more money, you could do a lot more things. It's pretty amazing what they did with the budget to this movie. Oh, yeah, I mean, for sure. You know, obviously, people. It sounds like these two directors uh, called in some favors to get this done. You know, with Jim Henson and Corey Feldman, and yeah. you know, to be able to. And Judith Hogg at the time, I guess, was a pretty big get. So, um, even though she wasn't asked to come back for the sequel, yeah, I can see how Masters of the Universe ruined it for them. They try to take you know a kids cartoon, take it to the big screen. The Masters of the Universe just completely failed. Right. Whereas Ninja Turtles, to me at the time, was a much bigger property. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the other thing too is uh, like Turtles was way bigger than than Master oh, yeah. of the Universe. I mean, that cartoon was from the seventies mostly, or yeah. maybe early eighties. Like, and it didn't have nearly the following that the Turtles had. You know, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't as fun. No, either. not no, not nearly as fun. Um, so if it was made today, all right, let's let's do some casting. Um, who do we want? L- well, let's 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 go back real quick. We obviously we're talking about not because it, it was made today, but it was made with CGI. Yeah. We're talking. We want actual turtles in outfits, yeah. right? We want that back. All right. 
So who should play April O'Neil? I have an a actor, actress already picked out in my head, so go ahead. You, well, you... there is a porn star called <laughs> O'Neill. Okay. So I, you want I, a porn star? I wouldn't be surprised. Her name may be April O'Neil, actually. <laughs> you want you want a porn star named April O'Neil to play April O'Neil? I just think that'd be hilarious, but no. Uh, I have no idea. Who, who would be a good famous? Emma Stone. Team? Emma Stone? Emma Stone. Oh, you know what? That is that is a great pick, actually. That is a great. Pick. I think she's perfect because she's funny, she's quirky, and she's a big name, and she's cute. Uh, who plays Black Widow? What's her name? Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, I think I think Emma Stone better though. She's the only redhead I can think of other than Emma Stone. <laughs> that's me. That's that's where that one goes. Well, and Megan Fox famously played April O'Neil in the in the Turtles yeah. reboot, but I would love to see Emma Stone. All right, so then. Uh, who do we want for voice actors? Well, I was thinking like Carl Sagan for Donatello. Wow. Well, <laughs> just because okay. you know he's supposed to be really smart. Isn't he dead? It's a, well, that's true. You can't, you can't have Carl. He's <laughs> you dead. Can't, you can't just bring him back. I mean, if you could, okay. I guess we're doing fantasy casting here. Um, yeah. Uh, so I'm thinking more like in terms of like famous actors, uh, but like the, they kind of have to have kid voice because they're teenagers. Yeah. So. I'm I'm thinking like a high pitch like Kevin Hart, even though he's in his forties, he has a high pitched voice. And couldn't you just see him playing Michelangelo? Like Kevin Hart as Michelangelo? Like he could totally do that voice as a teenager. That's like, true. But his his stick is I'm a little guy overcompensating. Is that Michelangelo? So you're thinking, what are you thinking, more Raph? Raph? I keep wanting to call him Ralph. No, Raph, Raphael has to be like some grittier character. Some like guy the, that's more Ralph. Right. Some guy that, you know, maybe, maybe Batista. But Batista, to me, doesn't sound intelligent enough yeah. to be Raphael. Not that he's not intelligent. Right. I don't, I don't want to cross paths with that moment. <laughs> <laughs> that be a problem. So I'm thinking like, okay, John Cena for Donatello. Kevin Hart for Michelangelo. Uh, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I scratched it. John Cena for Leonardo. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Hart for Michelangelo. Uh, Jonah Hill for Raphael. <laughs> Jonah Hill. Yeah. And... and uh, the guy, I can't remember his name. Uh, this is bad. I'm, I'm gonna find it real fast. The guy from, uh, uh, he's in, uh, he's in a lot of the um, Seth Rogen, Jonah Hill movies. Uh, okay, I say Neil deGrasse Neil deGrasse Tyson for Donatello, only because he's a smart guy. Does um, he sound like a teenager though? That's. That's true. I don't know if any of them are going to sound like teenagers. No, I mean you can you can see it. Okay, for the shredder, I want I want James uh, Avery, who's uh, Philip Banks in the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I believe he was the shredder in the cartoon. Oh, okay. So I, bring I, his voice back. Boy, okay. You know, then just have some Asian guy in it as <laughs> as the shredder, obviously. Okay, I, I uh, that's per, that I'm good with that. I, I'm I'm good with that. Um, Jay Baruchel is who I was thinking of uh, okay. for um, Donatello. And as Casey, um, 
uh, Casey Jones. Yeah. Uh, how about Chris Pratt? <laughs> we're, I mean, we're going big. This is this is. Well, Chris Pratt is an, is another guy that's like not. He's not a tough guy. So you you're saying like Casey Jones has to be a tough guy. I think Casey Jones and my wife would love him. Should be Mark Wahlberg. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. He has the accent, right? Yeah. Even, even though it's Boston, not New York. Yeah. But he has the accent. He's kind of a tough guy. Or he tries to play a tough guy. Yeah. Right? That's true. Yeah. So but I he can be... He... I, I like that. I like that casting. That's good. Okay. So there it is. Whoever has... I don't know who has the rights to Teenage Mutant Turtles right now, but we just we just cast your movie. Yeah. Uh, all right. So who should direct then? Take the lot TV. Oh, boom! There it is. All right, I'm with that's, it. That's, that's my that's, favorite. All right, we're, we can move on. But it has to be made like an '80s movie. Right. Yeah. So, so you're saying it has to be made in the '80s? No, like, like in the '80s style, like Thor Ragnarok was yeah. kind of an '80s style movie. Um, does the plot change? I think we kind of talked about this. We need it to be bigger. Like, there's a nuclear bomb underneath New York City. Yeah, yeah you got you to keep, keep it within the containment of New York. Yeah. Shredder is definitely planning something no good. And you have to have Bebop and Rocksteady, those two mutant things. Because in the number two, they didn't have Bebop and Rocksteady. Right, yeah. You had these, a whoop and a snapping turtle character. Yeah. So maybe, the, I don't know what's up with that. They didn't get the hmm. rights or something. That is weird. They were in they were in the remake, the cartoon remake or whatever that we got from Michael Bay, that garbage. Bebop and Rocksteady. Um, who should play Bebop and Rocksteady then? Well... Vin Diesel, if they don't have speaking roles. Uh, he's perfect, yeah. If they do have speaking roles. I think Dwayne The Rock Johnson would be hilarious. Because he, he plays, like, a, a tough guy, but also, like, a funny guy. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> Bebop and Rocksteady is Vin Diesel and Rock. They hate each other. Yes. No, that's not going to happen. Um, and, and then, uh, so... Who who is the artist that uh, pull that fills up fills in for Vanilla Ice and MC Hammer in this movie? Ooh, that's a good one. Who who who's the the go to guy? I already have the answer. Malone. Post Malone. Post Malone. No, it's Little Nas X. You really think so? Oh yeah, he makes a. I mean, dude, yeah, he makes. Well, so it's gonna be a, a riding my turtle down Old Town Road. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Why not? There it is. Boom. What do, what do they call their turtle van? I drive my turtle van down <laughs> yeah, what New, do they, what a do New they York it? road. What do they call that van? The turtle. I don't know. Probably the turtle van. <laughs> it's turtle film of like, they're like the Smurfs with the word turtle. The, yeah. But like, <laughs> drink this Smurf porridge. Drink this turtle porridge. That's right. Um, well, I don't, I think we did it. I think we did it, uh, Travis. I think we completed our first, uh, Filmtology, uh, yes, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We sacrifice Teenage Mutant Turtles at the altar of the cult, where bullshit, where film and bullshit intersect. Uh, all right, well, give us some feedback. Let us know what you think of this series. Um, we promise to be a little bit more uh, on it next time. Yeah, um, uh, this was fun though. I learned a lot about the history of uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja. Turtles. It's an independent film. I didn't know that. Blew my mind. Yeah, so if you have any suggestions on films that we should go over, just let us know. We'll be sure to watch them. We'll dissect that film, you know, because film and bullshit. That's where we intersect as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, anything else, Travis, before we head on out the door? 
drink the Kool-Aid. All right, we'll catch you on the flip side. 